Hello and welcome to the Weekly Football Review Show. It's myself, Gav Mack, and Alex Osborne for Two Up Top, the only podcast that you should ever have, in my opinion. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good tagline, I reckon. Yeah, I think that's how we're going to set it from, from now on. We're recording this show live from Stalker Studio, the best studio in the world, um, in Northamptonshire, um, in association with the male coach, the best booze in the whole Northampton. We all know this. If you don't know this, then where you been? Exactly. Um, For visitors outside of Northampton, that mm, is a place to go. Is indeed. Uh, right next to Durngate, where you can see John Motson next month. Oh, you see? You know, John Motson in there. Uh, we're in association with uh, Macau Sports Bar and Grill, the best boozer in New York City. Uh, big shout out to Cabs, how are you, love? And in spon- we are sponsored by DC Music Services. Thank you very much. Well, what a week of football. Let's talk about the bad stuff quickly. Arsenal are out of Europe. Okay. Oh, That's it. You're gonna make me relive that again. Yeah, we, we have it, yeah, I know, but like uh, we haven't been on. We haven't been yeah, true, since true. Then, so okay. people want to go on the wind up of that, but they still remain the, the like, like, the, like an unbeaten side in the Premier in Premier League history. Okay, so the two things, right? We need to move on from that. What we need to get past that. So you don't want to talk about Watford? No, 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 no. no we, talk, we can talk about Watford, but oh, we'll talk about like yeah. Arsenal fans living in the past, right? About the invincible season. Yeah, it was a great achievement, don't get me wrong, but I swear we all, all fans used to take the mick out of Liverpool fans about them living in the past, saying, oh, we used to be so good, yeah, we used to be is, so good. We, haven't we need anything, to move on. We haven't on. got anything else. Yeah, exactly. So we need to just so keep, our now, mouth, keep our mouths shut. For now, let's keep it. Even Nottingham Forest were taking digs at us, mate. That's, that's how bad it was. Yeah, that's because we surpassed Forest. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, no. uh, there's also been a lot of protests going on in Germany. We'll oh. be talking about that. Okay. But some, yeah. And also, What Are Everton? Our, our usual weekly review on What Are Everton. But it's going to be a whole Merseyside thing today. But there was some breaking news earlier on today. And it's about Daniel Sturridge. Initially, it started off with his contract's been terminated at Trabzon Sport, and we're thinking, oh, you know, injuries prevailed once again. But it's actually come to light that it's not injury, it's no. more to do with his betting history. And yes. he's got a worldwide ban on football until June, this in later on this year. Uh, for initially, it was actually feeding information about his next move to his brother, and his brother was putting bets on. Because apparently he's meant to be going severe, so it all came around. He ended up getting a ban. He got a ban at the end of uh, beginning of the season for a couple of weeks before he moved out. But then for exactly the same thing. Yeah, but like I think the FA only covered it for like two weeks or something. But it's actually then been put out there, and yeah, is is uh is done. So you know he earns enough money. What's his problem? Well, it's worse. Why don't he give his brother a couple of quid? I was going to say, yeah, well, clearly he doesn't want to give his brother a couple of quid. But I, I think it's sad. He's stupid enough to risk his his career. I mean, I, I take it now. Severe, severe, is it severe? Severe, yeah, it's meant to they're be going to. They're not interested, or they certainly wouldn't be interested anymore. Well, I think he's one of the most naturally gifted strikers, isn't he? You know, put him, on, put him in front of goal, he'll, he'll bag it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, rate, I'll rate Sturridge as a player. His injuries have really let him down over the years. Has it's he been such do- a shame. Has, how has he been getting on over in Turkey? Well, he's been touch and go because of his injuries and stuff. So he's not been scoring as many goals as he, he'd, he'd want to be. He won't have been playing yeah, as many I think games that, as he I think, be. I think that should be an asterisk next to his name. Daniel Sturridge, good player, can't stay fit. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, there's lots of stuff going on in terms of what's going on in the top four and also what's going on in the relegation battle. And I think we should start with the relegation battle. Right, Alex, I'm going to read you the table okay. from 14th down. I've said 14th on purpose 
because that is where Newcastle are, but I think they're safe. Yeah, I, I think they're safe as well. They're on 30, uh, 32 points in 14th. Brighton, 15th, 28 points. West Ham, 16th, 27 points, along with Watford in 17th and Bournemouth in 18th. Bournemouth were already in the relegation zone on, on goal difference. Villa, they have played a game less because they were in the Carabao Cup final yesterday. Unfortunate for them, but congratulations to Man City for a 2-1 win on that. Uh, and then Norwich, uh, bottom of the league. Norwich played... Uh, I was going to say Ipswich. <laughs> Savage. Um, <laughs> Norwich played Leicester on, on Friday night and got a 1-0 win, which was against all odds. It was massive for them. because Giant. Because that's put them back in the mix of staying up. Kind of. I think it has. Kind they're of. They're only I, I six, just... points, uh, uh, like six points off safety now. So, what, there's... Ten games to go, right? There's ten games left. Ten games, except for Villa, have got 11 games, right? And at the moment, they're all on the 27, 28, 25-point mark, right? In those ten games, what are they looking to pick up? Ten points? Are they looking to pick up ten points? I Is think, that what they're thinking? I, I think, well, they're six points ten shy. They points. have to, yeah, they have to get yeah. ten points, I would say. So Norwich, in that regard, then, would have to pick up from their remaining ten games 17, 18 points. No, which no, no, is, ten points. No, ten points. Three games, three wins, one draw. Yeah, but everyone, el- everyone else is going to be, if everyone else is picking up they're those kind They're all playing against points. each other, you know, they're all, I, I there's think a lot I, of stuff going on that, down that, there. That, that, that win for Norwich was big for them, but they're down. I, I, I just, it's just too big a gap for them to um, make up. And you flip it on the other on, on the other way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to include Leicester on this now, because but Leicester are on, before you on, do, on three points. No, because... We can talk about the goal difference quickly about the oh, about oh the, that, that's going to play a part oh, okay. that's going to play a part so Leicester they're on they're in third mm-hmm. and they're on fifty points and you think well that's they're nailed on now but they've only won three of their last twelve games that is not good that yeah. is not a team that should be in the top four and that's where goal difference is going to come in because at the top Chelsea in fourth place they they um, they're on forty five points. Manchester United, they drew yesterday against Everton, 42 points, level with Wolves, who beat Tottenham on 42. Tottenham now are in 7th place on 40 points, level with Sheffield United, who have got a game in hand, and that game in hand, Villa, Sheffield United. Yeah. You know, and the goal difference is tight there. Down the bottom, is tight. Newcastle, if they get sucked in with a couple of defeats and teams win them around, because they're on minus 17 at the moment, Bournemouth on minus 17. So it's just, there's goals all over the place, like getting shipped. There's, you know, <laughs> ship. <laughs> ship. Ship. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's very, it's very tough. Let's talk about Friday's game, actually. Let's um, do it. Because, yeah, Newca- um, Norwich, Norwich won um, Leicester nil. As I said, that is three wins in, in 12 games now for Leicester since they last played against each other in the Premier League. It's not looking great for Leicester at the moment. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on where, where well, they should be? Vardy's, kind of, Vardy's going through a bit of a dry spell, isn't he? Mm. He stopped scoring goals. Yeah. Um, and, well, got a, I'm going to say a complete Mark Lowenism here. Goals win your games, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> well, they did um, score. They did score. Um, Ian Acho scored what looked like an absolute beauty of, of, of a strike. Um, Jamal Lewis actually won the game with a, um, for, for Norwich. Um, but Kelechi Ian Acho, he had the strike. It looks like the ball bounced off Godfrey's arm and then onto Ian Acho. 
as the ball came down, he took it out of his feet, left peg, far post, lovely finish outside the box. They bought it back because it was a handball by Ian Acho. Now, depending on what angle you look at it, it like it was handball. It, it was it wasn't handball online. It hit Kelechi Ian Acho's arm. But he didn't intend to do that and it came off Goffey first. Norwich got the free kick. That's they're 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 applying the letter of the law so then, to that. But yeah, so it should be it should be a free kick to and this, I think this 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 is the issue we've said about VAR for such a long time. It's not necessarily the technology that's being used; it's the people that are using it because it's still the same inconsistencies. It's still the same it's just being transferred. It's, trans- it's just being transferred from the referee on the pitch to the people behind the screen now. Mm. Because we compare that right. Because there was that, remember that uh, West Ham goal that was disallowed against Sheffield United? Yes. With yeah, Declan right Rice. End, yeah. When Declan Rice, he, 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 made, he, he burst through, ball hit him. It's he, popped he was just, he's popped up and he's running, it's hit him on the hand and it's just it's fallen into him. But they've gone back and disallowed the goal. And in this instance, they've done exactly the same thing because it's a similar situation. I think the difference with that one is that it's, it hit Declan Rice's arm and it was just his arm. Um, there was a, there was a, there was a Sheffield United player there in the way, but I don't think it hit his arm. This one it hit Goffrey's arm first, and as it's hit, his, if it didn't hit Goffrey's arm, it wouldn't have touched what? Ian Acho's arm. So in that case, and do you remember which game was it? Was it the it was a Liverpool game where um, was it the Liverpool Chelsea game where it was in the just before Liverpool went up and scored. Chelsea. Oh no! Oh no! Um, it was um, the Man City game. Well, Man City Liverpool. That's yeah. it. And uh, there was that handball in the box by a yeah. Liverpool player, but there was a there was like a ricochet, wasn't it, that got to the mm. handball by him. The Liverpool went up the other end and scored, didn't they? Yeah. But they didn't bring it back. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, in, it's that's what I'm saying. It's, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistency. It. So uh, another inconsistency would be right. We're going to use it. Albamian got sent off, didn't he? Against what? No, against Crystal Palace. Against Palace, yeah. La Celso. Yeah. Didn't I know they'd come out and said that oh, we've made a mistake, but. It's it's inconsistencies. It's just transferred from the guy that's on the pitch to the guys behind the uh, screen, which is which is we were told VAR was going to cut that out. Yeah, well, it's not, is it? It's not. Yeah, yeah it hasn't been done. Do I anyway? Um, yeah, Max Harrens. Uh, <laughs> uh, Max Harrens after that, he, he put he put the cross in. Um, yeah, sit still. I'm trying. You know, I'm, me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you, really you know, happy you know, that we haven't got a table you, here today. You know, so me. I'm, I can't I get, the table. I get all I put the camera all the way over there, <laughs> so you can't nudge the camera. And instead, you've got the world's squeakiest chair. Yeah, right, carry do on. Do you want that chair? That's right. It's fine. Do you want that chair? No, I'm good. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll stay still. I don't think I don't think you've got it in you. Your Alex would. Oh, here we go. Max Harrens, I think you overhit the cross. Um, and then he's coming to Jamal Lewis at the, at the back stick and he's tackers on it yeah he's well, trusted it down and he's, he's pinged it we've, we both picked out Max Aarons and Jamal Lewis before the season yeah. started as kind of Norwich's two of the better players and it's been a struggle for times for them it's been a step up but I think you can see the quality in both of them can't you I think Norwich is going to be the most second most exciting team to come up and go down and the first one, I've got to say Blackpool. Yeah, because to say they, they were so exciting to watch. No one, everyone, everyone was buzzing to see them every year, which I thought was every, every game, which is brilliant. And I think Norwich are the same. They they haven't changed their philosophy. They haven't changed. Once, which you could say could it's be, a bit of naivety about it. And it could be a hindrance with them towards the end of the season. 
Now, I just want to say, um, so yeah, so Norwich, they're still rock bottom, but that is that has changed the whole game down downstairs. If they lost that game, we could say it's, it's as good as done. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I with that win, yes, there's still a lot of games to go. They've just delayed the inevitable. I, as far as I'm concerned. I, 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 I had them, not now in the coffin with them, but I had them now in the coffin with Watford. We'll talk about Watford in a moment, because um, this weekend was the, was the IFAB, uh, an IFAB meeting. So um, IFAB is the International Football Association Board and they are the people that are in control of the laws of the game. So it has, the, um, it has a representative from all the home nations FAs and then a representative from UEFA and each confederation as well as a, represent, uh, a, a, um, a representative from FIFA. Now, there was a lot of things that they were talking about. We were meant to mention it on last week's show, actually, because we had a couple of polls going and things like that, especially with uh, Wenger's Law, as they're calling it now, <laughs> with, the, uh, with the offside. They did speak about offsides, and they are looking at a way of sort of trying to streamline it. They're, they're open to the idea of, uh, of the clear daylight, whether that happens or not is a different story, who knows. But they're also talking, Pierluigi Colino in particular, is a strong advocate of having pitch side monitors. He believes that 70% of the world that use them are using, uh, are, are you, no, no, all of the world are using it 70% of the time, sorry, the pitch side monitors. He wants at least 50%. The UK, well, with the Premier League in particular, on zero. Mm. And he is livid about that. And we are going to see some big, big changes next year in regards to how VAR is going to be working, which I'm really excited about because you know I don't like VAR, but I do believe in refereeing and I believe in referees. And they are going to be able to have the say, and they should. At the moment, the Premier League are choosing not to. It's not the referees that are choosing not to. It's the PG. Yeah, they've been, it's, the, it's the referees. They've that been are choosing not they, to. They've been given a directive, haven't they, to uh, not use them yeah. basically. Because I think what they're trying to do is that we want to take, uh, we want you to stand by your decision or something, isn't it? And then if it needs. So to be... therefore, if you can stand by your decision, let me go back and look at the decision yeah, that well, I've just made. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I made a mistake there. No one's going to worry about that because you've gone there, you've looked at it, you've rectified your own mistake. Own it. That's what you want, you just want to own it. There was, right? a, there was one yesterday which VAR can't come in, and which is really frustrating, and that is about the um, the corner on the Man City, where Man City took the... Lead. Uh, no, where they scored the second goal. So oh, yeah, second goal. Yeah, well, yeah, it proved to be the crucial goal, though, didn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't a corner, it clearly came off Gundogan, but... Here's the thing. It's what that actually. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot about it until now. Um, Jamie Redknapp mentioned about this, and he he go he go because the question was put: Should VAR have got involved in that? And Jamie Redknapp came back with: VAR already gets involved enough. Well, I'm sorry, but that's a bad. That's a that's that a really a clear bad and obvious error by a match official. That's a which bad. Is what VAR that's not that's be. not a good enough excuse not to. Because it's directly involved a goal, isn't it? I know, yeah, Villa have to try and defend the corner. Granted, yeah, I get that. But they weren't in a position because they defended the initial attack by Man City to begin with. Yeah. So they got punished for defending it well. 
by then having to defend another corner, allowing City to then score. Mm. So, I'm sorry, Jamie Redknapp, I disagree with you on that one. Yeah, luckily, you're still a very handsome man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so many games down the bottom, which affected everybody. So, let's go... I'll tell you what, let's get some a couple of drab games out of the way. Okay. Yeah, um, the M twenty three A twenty three derby. Um, it was uh, it, Brighton Brighton versus Palace. Well, no, isn't that also the derby? Because didn't Brighton used to share ground share with Palace? Did they? Or was it Palace the other way round? I'm sure Brighton. I'm sure Brighton and Palace have got a link there. Oh, I have I'm no idea. Pretty I'll certain. Have, to have a look into that. I'm I pretty certain. That. People in the comments, let us know. I'm absolutely certain that Brighton and Palace have a have a slight rivalry because they used to sh- ground share. Because I thought Brighton it was just because it was down, technically it's down the road, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know? but that's, that's why, because I think Brighton, you know, Brighton never used to have their own ground, did they? No, they do. It was like a little I'm, dive I'm, place, didn't I'm, they? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm Palace sure. Palace has been at, been at Sellers Park for numerous I'm, I'm, years. I'm positive. They used to share with, with Wimbledon. I'm, I'm sure there is a, I'm sure, I'm, it was a long time. It was a while ago. I'm talking back in the nineties, maybe early two thousands. No, but I'm no. Posit- I'm positive that there was a ground. It's got to be earlier than that. I've got positive. It's got to be earlier right. than that. Carry on. I'm no, gonna have a look no, at this. No, 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 don't worry about it. We'll have a look. We'll, oh. we'll have a look. We'll put it. We'll put it on the old Twitter page. Um, it wasn't the greatest spectacle, um, and I did have to look back on that game because I was moving house, as you may have seen on Twitter. Um, we're all in now, thank you very much. And cheers, Alex, for helping out. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Wes and to Graham Bogle as well. Um, Shaletto picked up a yellow card in the first half as a substitute. Um, Zaha lost the ball. It's gone out of play. He's given it large to the fans. And Shaletto has kicked the ball back at Oh, he has, isn't he? He's, at Zaha. Zaha's a very emotional player, isn't he? Yeah. And especially this season. I th- he, he is. Um, whether that's... Even more so this season, whether that's because he's frustrated he didn't get the move that he wanted. Mm. I don't know. But I, I get the feeling that he's very much a player who, who's on the edge quite often. Yeah. Um, and I know the guy, what was it, Schletto. Schletto, kicked, yeah. Kicked the ball. It was, remember the World Cup 2002 with Rivaldo, where Rivaldo, instead of like walking to it, he, he dived holding well, his it face. Kicked, it, it hit him in his knee and yeah. he fell down holding his face. He got yeah. the man sent off, yeah. didn't he? Zaha obviously he walked your man down rather than uh, rather than dive on the floor. Well, yeah, but uh, it, Shaletto got a yellow card, which yeah. I think was really stupid because if Shaletto did have to make any involvement in the game, he would have been playing right back, and he would have been on a yellow card already. And you don't really want to have to defend Zaha when you're on a yellow card. Really dumb move. I don't understand why he did it. He could have kicked it back to his goalkeeper Matt Ryan, and they could have got on with the rest of the game. But they, you know. Do, do what they want to do. Um, Brighton could have gone one nil up, okay. Um, with a, a dunk header, which was going, it was, it was going in, and <laughs> Neil Mopai blocked it, <laughs> um, and it hit him in the head. But he was in an offside position, so it, <laughs> I hit him. <laughs> he was out of the way. That would have been one nil. I don't think he could have got out of the way of that. To be honest with you, it well, was, it was, it was a position in there. Well, he was trying to be in that position. You know that I always think a good striker should be on the corner. Take that position just in front of the goalkeeper in a six-yard box. Because yeah. I reckon you get at least four or five goals if you're in that position this season mm-hmm. um, from just knockdowns, spillages, yeah. rebounds. And I think that's what he was trying to do. He just yeah. got in the way. I think that's fair. And the only goal of the game came from, from John Nayu. Uh, it weren't a very cleanly hit goal, but it went in. Which they mentioned on commentary because John Nayu was at Swansea. Was it Swansea? Yeah. Uh, and he kicked up the first one, Gary Monk. No, not Gary Monk. When um, 
Potter, Graham Potter, yeah. was uh, took over, and they had. There's no love lost between them two. Oh, okay. Which, uh, which obviously must have given John I m- immense pleasure being able to. Oh, uh, I can send, imagine. Uh, so, I bet he absolutely loved it. He did. Cause uh, I refused to train or something, didn't he? I think he refused because he wanted to leave. And uh, Swansea and Potter were saying, "No, you got to come. You know, be do your duties." But I forced to move through to uh, Palace, didn't he? In the end. Yeah, there you go. So and now he's living the dream. He's got the last laugh. You in know, that, all in he wanted to do was score the winner in a M twenty three A twenty three derby. <laughs> the uh, go, the stadium, stadium derby. Go, go! Uh, it's the M twenty three. Palace really should have won that two 0 at least. Uh, they counterattacked right towards the end. Cenk Tosin held his line. He was in the in his own half when the ball was played forward, and he's gone all the way. And he's just I don't know whether this is a confidence thing or not. But then he's he's ended up finding Zaha. What is at the outside of the post? I mean, Palace have signed a couple of uh, strikers from Merseyside who appear to be pretty average at best. At best. I mean, I know Benteke had that season at Villa once where he scored what eighteen goals in the league. Well, eight, that's what the, uh, it, it, league. He was, it was a yes, brute. I don't think he scored. I don't think he scored eighteen league. goals since. That's in six seasons. Well, that was that was the, that was that season, the season season and a half, which got on the move to Anfield in the yeah. first place. Yeah, because you can't deny he was brilliant. He was good. He he, he was good um, for Villa. For Villa. Now, what happened at Liverpool, I don't know. I can remember him scoring that, that scissored volley against United. At Am- was it Anfield? Yeah. yeah or was, was it Old Trafford? That was when Martial scored that absolute worldie as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that kind of that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, doesn't it, with that with that game, because United won. Yeah. But ever since then, I mean, his record is appalling for a striker. It's and he just and you uh, it's no, a year, and, almost. Yeah, and it's the other thing as well. He doesn't get any assists either, which you'd like to try and... Say I'm not defending Christian no, Benteke no, in no, any way, shape, or form. Because well, no, when a striker doesn't score, you're like, well, he gets assists though. Yeah, exactly. So, but he doesn't even get an assist though. That's the thing. I'll tell you what. On that, why don't we talk about another striker? Um, because <laughs> this game finished nil nil, um, and it's, it's oh, Newcastle. It Joe, Joe, yeah, Joe yeah Newcastle versus Burnley. I'm getting you that other chair. <laughs> oh, do you know what? It's because I'm having to look here at some of the comments, and whilst you're doing that, uh, I put it down here that uh, okay. who, who, who are your thoughts on the uh, relegation scrap? And um, Adam Deering, good old ads. Hello, Adam. Thank you. Uh, Norwich, Watford, and Bournemouth are the three clubs that are going to get. We're going to go down this year. Norwich, Watford and Bournemouth. Is that where you're going? He's, that's um, where he is going with. Um, I, 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 I'll tell you what I want. Go on. I want Norwich, West Ham, Watford. To go down? Yeah. Okay. Do I think that's going to be the case? No. I think Bournemouth might. I think Villa might go down. I'm gutted. So I like Villa. I always use my FM. Really do. Uh, but yeah, um, go, go back. So, so we've got here. So, whilst before we go back to the Newcastle game, Ed Hall, nice one. Hello, um, he, he says here that Ben Tacky did do some good work despite his poor record, and it was the 3 1 defeat, uh, the Liverpool game. It was. Where he scored the goal. Yeah, um, he, yeah that was an absolute world. And he reckons Norwich to stay up, so uh, I'm not sure See, about I'm, that one, Ed. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you know like, that's going to have to be a mirror. That's going to be half. That's, they're going to have to go on a Nigel Pearson over. When he was at Leicester, and then right? Norwich going to win the league next year. <laughs> oh my god, the scenes, the scenes. Uh, so yeah, Newcastle nil, Burnley nil, uh, and I've got I've got to recall a, a comment which was made by a gentleman called Paul Cooper, um, one of my old referee lads, and he put this on social media, and I thought it was brilliant because 
People are banging on about the Liverpool situation. They're all crying because Liverpool lost the game, you know. But Liverpool don't care about it anymore. The fans, they don't care about the uh, the invincible opportunity. Yeah. No first half goals for, uh, since the thirtieth of November. This is for Newcastle, mm-hmm. not Joe Linton. Newcastle, just Newcastle as a whole. A forty million pound striker who has one goal and more formations than the Red Arrows. <laughs> is that what the comment was? That was. Direct quote, Paul Cooper. Oh, wow. Um, savage. But honest. Um, well, I'm sure we had, there was a debate, lively debate in the comments a few weeks ago about Newcastle. Yeah. There was, I can't, remember, I can't remember your man's name. Carl, um, Carl Clark. That's it, yeah. So he was going on about, you looked at all the underlying statistics of Newcastle, they were bottom of the league in mm. every single one of them. Like yeah. Shots shots on target, shots taken, shots faced, average possession, all of this stuff, right? And they were performing above that, weren't they, Newcastle? They were, what, 10th at that point? Yeah, and this is were. why Adam Haradal is saying, you know, shall we consider Steve Bruce for manager of the year? Because he is going above and beyond. Potentially. You look at where they're meant to be as to where they are, but I sort of put them in a relegation battle ish it'd be interesting to know what their next set of fixtures are like for the next three or four games because if that this run carries on they will definitely be dragged in but it's I, all dependent on what the teams have around I th- them I think that there are worse unfortunately they've just got enough points well I say unfortunately fortunately for Newcastle I think they've it's just got sense. enough points to, to, to yeah. scramble what four or five points to get them over the that would be fine yeah, exactly. and, and that's all that happened in the game um, <laughs> because there is really not a lot going on there yeah, so sorry Robbie we'd like to talk about Burnley but um, no it's no solid point for you Robbie actually um, because that point puts you above Arsenal it puts us it puts us above Arsenal it puts them above Arsenal yeah indeed um, so they're ninth in the league and at the moment, only there. seven points off of, of top four place Sean I mean I've ragged on Sean Dyche in the past um, however there's no denying it he's doing an incredible job with Burnley and I would actually say that he for me he's a better manager than um, Eddie Eddie Howe ooh the thing is with Eddie Howe this year Eddie Howe... You're going to say about the injuries, right? Yeah, it's, it's just but, been absolutely like, dogged by I get them. that. However, part of a, being a manager is being able to manage the training loads and the sessions of your players. Yeah, right? but these, a lot of these injuries are happening during games. But there's also... It's also a day of where, like Arsenal, Arsenal kept on getting injuries and it was always soft tissue injuries. Yeah. It was never like a broken leg. And it's like, can we just have a broken leg? You know they're going to be out for six months, they'll be back. Then, Where it's like, oh, look at look at Cazorla. Oh, you know, oh, it's just when a little it's, bit when of this issue. He should be out for three weeks. And next thing you know, he was out for two years. When, when it's a soft tissue injury, it's because they've been overplayed. Wenger was notoriously bad for not rotating his players in and out. Um, and he even said it himself, oh, they're close to the red zone. And then he'd play him three games in a space of eight days. And he did that to Cazorla and... Oh, he ruined Cazorla's um, poor legs. I'm going to say that. He'll be, be back <laughs> um, to play his And I, I've just got a feeling, because as part of a manager who's been able to manage your squad, it's like, for example, uh, Alex Ferguson, when he had Ronaldo, he used to, uh, uh, he used to start the month, would go, right, these are my fixtures for this month, and he would go, right, these are the games that Ronaldo are going to play in, and that's how I'm going to manage him. Mm. And not all managers do that, and I think Eddie Howe was guilty of 
Maybe the squad, he the squad maybe isn't big enough. Maybe he doesn't trust the squad. But no, then it's not that, that trusting the squad. The squad isn't big enough. They haven't got enough money. Well, they have got money, but the, the squad isn't big enough. So And they, they've already been done by Financial Fair Play once. So they can't go out there and be like flossing, doing whatever they have want. They? Yeah, yeah. They got done when they were in the championship. From back when they were in the championship, but they got done for it since they've been in the Premier League. So they've got to be so they've, they've been uber careful so with hit, their spend. So my question is now, if they get relegated this year, do they get the uh, They get parachute payments, yeah. No, I meant like do they get a points deduction when no. they go into the championship? No, there's, there's, no, there's enough time now passed for that to Yeah, it's, yeah, it's gone. Okay. So they're they're fine. Um Bournemouth two, Chelsea two. I don't think anyone really expected this in terms of uh, game time, but at the same time, yes, they do. We'll come to those in a moment. Um, we'll, we, they do because the amount of games that Bournemouth have had the upper hand on Chelsea recently, kind it's of a been, team, it, it really is. Um, so the goals came from a brace from Alonso. He opened the score and got the equaliser uh, for Chelsea. And the goals in between were from Lerma and Josh King. Bournemouth, They've scored more goals from set pieces than anyone else in the Premier League this season, and it was the the, the it was the equaliser from from Lerma. It was from a set piece. Why are they so good at set pieces? Maybe they now it's time to give Eddie Howe a bit of credit here that they've recognised that set pieces is a big part of the game. Hmm. They've put extra emphasis on it, and they clearly are well drilled. You can always tell when a team is coached in that area because I think that's one area when coaching really does... I think coaching obviously stands out Yeah. anyway, but set pieces really is an area where you can make a real difference when you're coaching it because you 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 can see, see in the stats from goals scored and goals conceded from set pieces, corners, free kicks, mm. throw-ins, whatever have you. Um, and obviously it's a particular emphasis for Bournemouth. Maybe um, Eddie Howe saw what happened in the World Cup with England. Mm-hmm. And how England utilised two goals from open play. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so they maximised the set piece, and I think all coaches, any coaches worth their salt, should be practicing set pieces because it's another dimension to be able to score. You shouldn't be taking away uh, options to score, should you? Well, should Liverpool be trying to uh, installed a, a throwing coach, and everyone was laughing about it. And look how many situations Liverpool were able to benefit from from throw-ins. Um, Chelsea. I was listening to to Talksport earlier on in in the week. Well, early on in the week, <laughs> it's Monday, <laughs> but um, late on uh, last uh, week. Uh, late on last week, <laughs> about where where's Tamori? Why are they not playing Tamori? Tamori came back for this game. It's his first start since since December, and he looks rusty as hell. Chelsea, it's really strange, isn't it? Because Chelsea had that real purple patch, didn't they? What? Late October, November, October, all the way, like, to December through, sort of time, didn't mm. they? And then, ever since then, they've kind of fallen off. Now, is that because the players have lost faith in Lampard? Or, as we say with young players, you can lose form, can't you? I know Tammy Abraham, I saw he's earlier today, he, he was injured and apparently he's also ill, they were saying, so they don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, they Again, the got England, a date on him. <laughs> what appears to be the second half England striker curse going into the Euros. Um, Although they say Kane might be back. They're saying Kane might be back, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but Chelsea, are, I, I can't really explain Chelsea, what's going on with that. It, it would appear to me that potentially that the squad have have lost a bit of faith in Lampard, I think. And if certainly if he doesn't get top four, I think they're going to probably get rid of him. 
Well, Allegri, I've already said it, he will go to Chelsea. He's having his year sabbatical and he will be there. I, I can almost guarantee it and I'm happy to... To put a couple of well, the, the, the news that he's been putting out in the news that he's been learning English, so it would suggest to me that he would be certainly eyeing up a move, a move to the Premier League. Yeah, very true. Um, Josh King, he made it 2-1 um, with a cross from Jack Stacey. Jack Stacey is, is, is another English I bet you're going to say oh, you love him, he's a baller, right? I do like him. <laughs> I'm not going to gas off him too much. When's, your, when's our boy Brooksy back? Is he still He's out? not played all season. He, I say, it's but people is like he, him. He can unlock doors. What, what, is he... What, Who knows? Who knows? What, what, what was the injury? Might. What was the injury that he, he got? Number, uh, uh, I swear, initially, it was like a shoulder injury, and then he had a thigh injury or something. He's only meant to be out until about October. It's, it's We've ticked into March. So that, I can understand, that's unlucky for how because he was a, a big, he was a player. big player for them last year, wasn't yeah, he? And, exactly. Um, but like, uh, like um, Ake, he's been out at times. King's been out at times. They've had to be forced to play Solanke through the middle and he's not scoring enough goals. <laughs> be a bit more nicer just in case we get a big job. Can we go? Um, <laughs> and then Alonso, yeah. he, he scored right at the end. Go to the West Ham game next we're, because I've got a comment here. We, we will, but before that, I need to say, Chelsea, nine goals conceded in the last five games and no clean sheets in those five games. What, well, what's going on? Because... It, uh, it was at the start of the season, wasn't it? They were conceding goals. Yeah. And then they tightened up a bit when they went on that run. Yeah. But now they've kind of... Teams might have figured them out a little bit. Like patterns of play that they Lampard likes to do with them. What I find um, funny... What I find funny is the fact... Um, back to talk sport. Tony Cascarino. Before the Bayern game and after the Tottenham game from last week, he said... Wow. Chelsea have got it right. They need to play three at the back because it suits them. It works. Look how well they did this against Tottenham, blah, blah, blah. They played three at the back against, against Dortmund. Dortmund, who are missing Lewandowski now. You mean Bayern? You mean Bayern? Dortmund. Um, Bayern, sorry. <laughs> um, I need to talk about Dortmund in a bit when we talk about the German process. Um, are we talking about it? No. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. Yeah, we'll come to that. We were speaking in depth before the yeah, show. It's, yeah. all, it's all covered over. Yeah. So... He said after that game, "Oh well, you, you like this doesn't work because you know they play three at the back. They should be playing three at the back." It's like, hold on, me getting praise the weekend for being surprised doing that, and now you're kicking off. Uh, who, who knows? But yeah, Bournemouth that they really could have done with the victory to get them away from what's going on down there, and Chelsea could have really done with the victory as well. So a drawing that seats neither side there. It seats it, it, it suits neither side, but. Is it also a point gained for either side? Rhys James tried to allude to that at the end of the game. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I I no. I would if I was a Bournemouth and Chelsea fan, I'd be disappointed. A Bournemouth because they were winning, mm -hmm. and Chelsea because they they should be expected to beat Bournemouth. Yeah, they? very true. So yeah, let's do it. Um, back down the bottom, so, West Ham, yeah, West Ham, Southampton. So this They're ties away in from it now. Do you Southampton? Yeah, Southampton are out of it now, in my opinion. So this ties in with the comment made by Scott Barnard. Thank you very much for Scott coming Scott. Hi, my friend. He, um, we were talking about obviously what's happening going on at the bottom, and he put Jared Bow, Jared Bowen. That's what's happening at the Bowen. Uh, at the, at the, at the Bowen. Uh, that's what's happening at the bottom. I so, really like him. I've been speaking about him all year. Have I not? You I was, have. I was saying, why did he not make a move to a Premier League side? Why did Premier League sides not go in for him when they were going in for everybody else down the bottom, but they weren't looking like well, say down the bottom. 
Otis is back into the championship. Uh, why were they looking at everyone else in the championship but not looking at him? He's, he was like um, third highest goal scorer. Well, West Ham with did. Like 20, 20, 23 goals or 24 goals in the league. And West Ham, yeah, they, they pulled their finger out and they've gone for him and he bagged. And he didn't just bag, he was a boss. That tackle that he made in the box, that's his striker coming in, making challenges like that. The guy is an absolute G. West Ham, one win in eight games before uh, before this. this See, and, and this, 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 and, it, and Southampton have won four in their last five away from home. The only defeat was against Liverpool, which you can sort of accept. Well, we, we like Hasenhutl, don't we? But uh, the West Ham, West Ham just goes to show not every because I think. Fans would think, oh, if a new if a new manager comes in, every, they always do well. That's just a new manager bounce. Clearly, it's not working. That's it's not, not a thing because West Ham has struggled even with Moyes. Um, they are a team that I expect to go down because of the way they play. Their players, man for man, I think are better than than at least three. I teams. feel like we always say that about West Ham. Every time West Ham get relegated, I feel the phrase of they're better than they're better than this. They're too good but to go down. They're too good to go down. But they're not, clearly. Yeah, they're not. Because it's only been it's been a couple of seasons where they've had a bit of Europeans at Flair. But I remember from the nineties and like the late nineties and the, uh, the mid to the late nineties and the early two thousands, they used to flirt with relegation all the time. Yeah, they did. They, they used still had Man United early on this season and people and they, don't get me wrong, it was only after about six or seven games. But the way they were playing football, going in that lead-up, they got tonked by Man City in the opening day, and they looked good, and they beat Man United, and everyone was like, you know what, yeah, can they, can they be in that Leicester-Wolves conversation? And people were like, yeah, they can. And then they just went on a major run, and they're, they're going to be lucky to stay up this year. Mm. But can, I don't know if Bowen could be the guy who's going to... Save him and oh, I mean, it, he's gonna have to do a lot of work, isn't he? Hmm. I mean, who, who are the other strikers that they've got? I've got Haller, we've got Haller, and I then mean, they, they'll, we, they'll we, play Antonio in the middle sometimes. Antonio, who I slated on the show last week, who bagged and he looked all right, so he couldn't miss the Note to all footballers if Gav slates you, you're gonna have a good game at the weekend. Um, yes, Dominic Slanky. Hilaire is a weird one because I quite liked him. I thought he I was. Really I, like I, I thought I thought he had a bit of ability about him. He's certainly better than Joe Linton, but it's clear that you know when a team's struggling, even if you're a good player, you're going to struggle as well because if you don't get, pro- especially if you if you're a striker, who I think he relies on service to him. Doesn't no, he? he relies on playing in a front two. He's a four-four-two man or a three-five-two man. Maybe, or, maybe that's why know. they've signed Buck Bowen then to, to pair I, him up I, I front with Haller. So I really would have thought so because he needs that. But David Moyes, David Moyes is not a progressive manager, so he's never. I can, I can't envisage him playing two up top a lot. Good plug. Yeah. Good plug. The other goals came from from. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Martin of <laughs> Michael Obafemi. Uh, Haller and Antonio. So yeah, that was that was where the other goals come from. Obafemi is a great young talent, but I don't think he's going to be able to pro- progress because he's not getting enough game time. So they rely so heavily on on Ings. See where Man City do. We all know that they like a focal striker. They either they rarely play both of them, both Jesus and Aguero. They play one or the other. Yet. Yeah. Both of them get a lot of game time. 
It's because City, it was City go far in competitions. No, but even in the yeah. Premier League, they it's almost like they halve their their game time. You know, if one of them one of them starts, they will play sixty minutes switching round, it and then the other game int- they start, and then off they go, and then switching round after sixty minutes. Not necessarily every other game, but it happens quite a lot. I, I, prefer I get he, that he's only stepped in because Ings was injured, but he still ha- gets ha- in. How old is Danny Ings? Danny Ings is twenty six. So I will say this: If Aguero was that age, would Jesus be getting nearly the amount of game time that he has been? I think getting? so, yeah, because they're both absolute quality strikers. Oh, they're, they're absolutely quality strikers, but Aguero is in his thirties now, so maybe that's yeah, why I mean, he shares it. To thirty, but then I'm sure he's on, like in the, like you played football manager, <laughs> you know, <laughs> strikers peak between twenty eight and thirty two is good. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, I've, I've, I've got my game next next week Sunday, not Sunday coming week week Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm 32. But put some know, money on Gav Max a bag. Yeah, honestly, bag a brace. Like, <laughs> they're offering evens on that. It's good money. Yeah. So yeah, Haller. I think I think he's like for for West Ham. I think he's the guy. He needs someone with him. With Southampton, I think they should be looking at playing Ings and Obafemi because they play Ings and Long, and Long don't bag. Well, Hassan Hüttel, he's very much on the gag and pressing style of football, and Long is one of those players who'll fit into that because he'll run all day. And he, Bob he's got, nineteen. I know, but Shane Long is well. He's Shane Long's what twenty eight, twenty nine, something like that. I think. Don't quote me on that. I think just from having been around for a while, but he's someone. He's he's known for his energetic um, style of play. Not necessarily goal scoring exploits, but. He will work hard for you. He will do what the manager wants, which is what doesn't Hassan get enough Hussle assists. Does. Doesn't um, get enough assists. Doesn't get enough goals. Not, uh, uh, yeah, don't, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, I prefer me probably. I love be. Shane Long, by the way. <laughs> I, I, really, I, I love him just for him. Make your mind up, Gav. No, I love him for him, <laughs> but he's not a Premier League striker. And um, but Obafemi has the opportunity to be that. Yes, so but give him the game. Hassan Hootle is obviously he he's seeing Shane Long will fit into his. Squad better as it is right now, and we can't disagree with him. I mean, what was what was the stat you came up with Southampton that they won four of the last four of their last five away games? Yeah. And the only the only blemish on that is the Liverpool game, and it was nil nil at half time. Yeah, uh, talk about nil um, nils at half time. Oh. Watford three Liverpool nil. It was nil nil at half time. So what the hell happened? Um, Bear in mind, Watford started the game with Cabaselli at the back. <laughs> You don't like him. He's in my worst eleven. He is in your worst. He's level. not great. Um, right, I think Liverpool style, okay, is very industrious, isn't it? Mm. Klopp likes to call it heavy metal, heavy metal football, mm-hmm. um, and he. There are more players on the pitch to press than there are in these back four. Yeah, you know, there's there's so many. When when you're if you're if you're playing against Liverpool and you've got the ball, you just feel like there's about 150 people coming towards you to press the ball. Yes, but what happens is when that drops by a couple of percent, mm. which I think has happened very recently, and you haven't got the um, creativity side of things, so uh, they haven't got a creative midfielder really, have they? They you look at that midfield and they're all very much very similar midfield players. I know. Vinaldum is probably you think is your more of your goal threat, but I wouldn't but put Vinaldum as somebody. Who, I wouldn't put him down as somebody who can unlock a, 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 an organised defence. Yeah, there's not one player in that midfield, which is that where is they miss. Coutinho, which is where they miss Coutinho now. Yeah. Um. So, 
This is Liverpool's where I'm saying that, that uh, Firmino Liverpool. should play in a deeper role. Almost like uh, well, if you're playing like uh, if you're playing a midfield three, he um, should be in that mid- in that midfield three. Then. He is technically what people call the number ten, but I think Liverpool should play a front four diamond, and so like a four-two-four, four, so to speak. But the one in the deep line centre forward, if you want to call it that, that would be Firmino because he does a lot of can deep he do stuff. That? Can he do that though? He's done it all. He's done it all season. He's done it all year. But anyway, going back to Liverpool, right? I just think that they've dropped a couple of percentage uh, a percent. They've seen obviously teams are now seeing what because this is coming for a while. West Ham they mm. probably would have beaten Liverpool if Fabianski hadn't thrown it into his net. Mm. I, I know there was a while there was a lot left to, to go in that game, but I, West I, Ham were comfortable yeah. up until that moment. It's at Anfield. It's I at would, Anfield. I, I, I would. I would. I would. I, I, yeah. I, would, I would argue that that, that that probably would have lost that game. Atletico Madrid did a number on them. And they, they, they played the perfect game against yeah. Liverpool. And I don't understand why Liverpool haven't been um, found out already this year. So, and I th- what was the game before West Ham? I'm sure Liverpool struggled in that game as well. But they've been, they've been sh- signs of it over the last month or so. And they're getting away with it. And now, uh, after Atletico Madrid game, they've now got uh, another game they haven't bagged. So that's, what, 180 minutes now of football that they haven't mm. scored. So, two games and they've conceded four goals. Now... I just think that they're probably in a little bit tired because they've been playing at such high level for so long. Sorry, say that again. What's that? How many minutes and who hasn't scored? So Liverpool, Liverpool haven't scored for 180 minutes, right? No, they didn't score in that game. They beat West Ham the other day. I'm t- including the Athletic. Isn't, didn't they go Athletic yeah. Madrid Athletic, and then... No, West Ham. Oh, was it? West Ham. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. It's only a minute, sorry. That's a fact. Okay, um, so... Ignore what I just said then. <laughs> I thought the uh, Madrid game came and then the uh, Watford game came. But just, that's what happens when, when my life gets in the way. Yeah, I just, you know, yeah, uh, you're helping me move, uh, move out and stuff. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is Liverpool's performance levels has dropped. Yeah. and Teams I have figured that, them out a little bit, I, I think. I think that's because it's missing Henderson. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, Henderson's definitely someone who What are your thoughts on Henderson? Henderson is again. He's a very he's he's an influential player for Liverpool. Okay, the fans like him. The fans love him. He's their captain. He's clearly a, he's a good leader, right? Is he um, is he a quality top quality midfielder? Yes, he's world class. I wouldn't say he's world class. The guy is world class. Look at what he does for Liverpool. Look how much Liverpool. I would stru- like, look, how, look how sick Liverpool are. Look how much they struggle when he is not in the team. The guy, you don't realize how good he is until he's missing. I would say he Aaron. Is I, like I would what say Aaron Ramsey. Is. I would say Aaron Ramsey's they're, better. No, they're two different players. They're, they're both the same. No, they're, they're not. Box, they're, box midfielders, no, they're not. No, they are not. He is Carrick. Look how look how much Carrick like entered like. Made a difference in the England side, in the Man United side, in the Newcastle side, in the West Ham side, in, in the Tottenham side. When Carrick weren't playing, you realised how much you needed. But when he's playing, you don't realise. You're just watching him going, yeah, it's just Carrick. But then when, when he's missing, it's like, oh my god, we haven't done this, we haven't done that, we haven't done that. That is Henderson. Henderson is the most underrated player in world football right now. Oh, I don't know. Swear to God, when we stop recording, I'm going to still argue this as well. <laughs> well, I'll look forward to that. Yeah, you will, honestly. But You've I, got to go I, all that to patch for me. What I will say is... <laughs> <laughs> na- 
Naby Keita's disappointed for me because he was. I swear he, he was disappointed. He, for I me. swear he was pretty sick at, over at Leipzig. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, Fabinho, he's kind of dropped off a little bit. He's still sick. He's just had a couple of injuries. He's, he's, uh, and uh, Ronaldo, he's very hit and miss, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, Milner but, is is getting on in age. I just think Liverpool need a bit of creativity in their midfield. They they've kind of got a really strong plan A. What is their plan B? I agree, but let's flip it round. Let's talk. Oh about yeah, absolutely. This is when because we went and saw him play against Arsenal last year in Europa League. Yes, we did. We? I've been banging on about him yeah. since that moment. You have. I said. I said. I said. When was that? March. March last year. I turned around. And I said we need that guy. And when we got when we got linked with Pepe, I was like, Nah, we need we need we need Sar. So Martin said um, when he watched the highlights in the game, he reminded Sar reminded him of a young Nicholas Nelka. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Because I he was taking up very similar positions, like running in the channels, using his pace, direct, and those two finishes are very, very Anelka like the dink. See, it reminds me more of a young Henri. Well, well, Henri when he was at Monaco, right? That's what he reminds me of. He, he he loves hugging the touchline and coming inside and making dreams work, and that's exactly what he did, and he did it twice. You know, the second goal in particular, the first goal was very poacher. Lovely finish, being in the right place at the right time. Poor defending from uh, from Lovren. He just waved a foot at it, didn't uh, he? Well, yeah, yeah it, was, it was awful. It was, it was from the throne, wasn't it? Yeah. And you know, it's like <laughs> awful it, throwing coach didn't do yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Didn't do well that time. I agree, but um, but it was like Lovren was too fixated on on looking after Deeney, and the ball just bounced. And it's like, mate, where's your awareness? But where was Van Dijk? World best defender. You know, where was he? Nowhere. And that was a just, you know, post the second goal. Where he's played it down the touchline. Troy Deeney's played that ball down the touchline. Lovely ball. I didn't know whether the ball, when it was in or out, I was like, oh, that's got out of play, surely. But everyone played on, everyone cracked on, and Saar was there, and he did, he did Van Dyke for pace. You know, Van Dyke, oh, he's so quick, he's so strong, get him for pace. And then the last, like, you know, the third goal, Troy Deeney. You know, what it's just just a man mountain. You know, if you get him in the right in the right game in the right way, Troy Deeney is unplayable, and he was fantastic. He he was the captain. He led by example. He told everyone exactly what they wanted to do. Etienne Capou ran the midfield on a different level. You know, this is where. Liverpool are missing Henderson. Yeah, Henderson would be able to turn around and be like, right, okay, you do this, you do that, you do that. He was there, he's there, he's a director. Yeah. He knows exactly what's going on. He's an excellent leader. But without him, there's questions asked in the midfield for Liverpool. And Kapoue was doing what Henderson does for Liverpool for Watford. And he ran the whole game. I was a little bit disappointed, as I have been all season for Decore, but... He had, he had a good game as well. Here's, here's, here's a saying for you. Watford out Liverpool Liverpool in Watford. Yeah. Try to say that when you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that. That was, uh, no, um, Watford, ultimate praise. And thank you for allowing to preserve the gold trophy at Arsenal. <laughs> uh, let's go to a couple of Sunday's games. Well, I'll say a couple of Sunday's games. Only those two Sunday games. Very quickly. Um, I'll say very quickly. Uh, we do it in whatever pace we want to because we do what we like on the show. Um, Everton won, Manchester United won. I think on the... On reflection. It's a fair result. Yeah. 
There was a goal from Calvert-Lewin at the beginning. We'll talk about that in a second. And the goal from Bruno uh, uh, to, to make it one each. We'll talk about that in a second. Yep. I've banged on about it since Bruno's joined Man United. But why did they not sign him in August when they could have? They pay the same money in or- now as they could have in August. I don't know. And maybe maybe if they'd done that, they'd, he'd be have even further claims to be the best midfielder that's ever played in the Premier League. I know. Uh, are Man United fans forgetting about how good Paul Scholes was? <laughs> well, I'm sure... I'm, they I'm, are. I'm, I'm sure they, they, they're, they're having a little bit of fun with that. And, uh, you know, some that's, of, that's some, fair some, enough. A lot of them are, but some but, of them are... Uh, uh, yeah, some of them... It's like, it's like, you know, when Pepe scored those two free kicks in the Europa League game. Oh, my God, he's, he's amazing. Replay, he's having two million. Right, right, so... Um, a lot of Arsenal fans would have probably just been that done in jest, but I'm sure there were some who were thinking, actually, no, yeah, it really is. That's yeah, I know, and it upsets me because um, they tarnished the rest Bruno of Bruno Fernandes, uh, he's definitely... Hey, it's been a good signing because he, he is your go- he's your goal threat for midfield, he's which is what midfield. I was saying that United need, and it's what Arsenal need, and it's what a number of clubs need because there's not enough goal threat from midfield, um, and those players are worth their weight in goal. He is really incredible. Are, I've they? been talking about him for a long time and no one seems to care. Not no one, but, you know, um, they wait until he comes to the Premier League and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, and then, like, you know, pundits will be like, oh, yeah, I saw a couple of them on YouTube, I saw them in the Champions League. You've got access. Watch the Primary League. It's not a great league, don't get me wrong, but I'll say it's like the Scottish League. We know the Scottish League is a farmer's league. French League, far, a bit farmers league, but you can still tell the gem, and you know when a player is good. Yeah. And Bruno Fernandes, you've seen him in a Portuguese shirt. The guy is a machine. He's he's, he's he, what well, he can pass. Uh, he can shoot, and he he'll, he'll score you goals and he will set up goals. And that's what, tackling. Um, that's that, that's what you want from a, a mid- midfielder. And as I say, it just highlights. How badly managed Arsenal did with Ram. I don't want to bring it back to Arsenal all the time, but Ramsey is ex- he's Bruno Fernandes. You're Aaron Ramsey. Portuguese Ramsey. Yeah, because it will it, it, it still yeah it will score goals <laughs> and it will get you assists and it will win you games because a team that has when you, you look back at all really good sides, you'll see that usually there is a midfielder there who will weigh in with their more than their fair share. What's goals. great about Fernandes? He can do the deep role as well. He can almost play in like the Pirlo role. And do that work. He could play in he, the he could in do. behind row. He, he could do, it's but funny. I think seen, that no, I seen, think that would seen, be a waste of his time. No, it's not. It's not. I've seen, it, I've seen it happen. I'm, I'm sure you have. He, Don't get me wrong. He's there. I'm sure he does. He, he has, but because it, he's got creativity in front. Now I want to see Pogba come back. I, I, if I was United, I would want him to be further up the pitch, affecting games that way. Because if he's back here doing what Scholes is, what he used to do in his later half or Carrick. I don't think t- teams will want yeah, him to do that. Figures, like Pirlo, you, want, you want him at the, to- at the spearhead of attack making those late runs into the box. Pirlo meant someone who's going to sit in the middle of the park chopping people like how Busquets is doing. He could do that job as Busquets could do as well. Pirlo rarely got ahead of the ball though. Didn't need to because he controlled everything. He was doing yeah. what Modric does. Yeah. Modric is in, 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 in yeah. front of the last... He, look how sick Modric is. That's what Bruno Fernandes can do. No, he can I, do I, everything. I, he's... he's He's incredible. I think that would be a waste. I think there'll be... It's not inducted him yet to the Hall of Fame. (laughs) United's perfect midfield now is McTominay, Pogba, Fernandes. I want to see Pogba back. I really do. I I I want to see Pogba playing in a free role. Is he going to come back? I think he might. But if all being well, in a good 
in an ideal world for you, Man United, that would be my first choice man, midfield three. Um, Man United did go a goal behind. And it's all blame on De Gea. Yeah. What was he doing? He's got men either side. <sighs> then Dominic Calvert Lewin ended up getting the credit with the goal. Was that stat, isn't it? Since two, since Bern Leno became joined Arsenal, so the start of last season, mm. De Gea, Pickford, because we're getting to Pickford, Leno and Dubravka have all had seven errors leading to goals in the Premier League, which is tied for the most in that span. But Dubravka has more clean sheets than Allison. But whew, here's the thing: what goalkeepers? If you make a mistake, it's a goal. Yeah. So it's like a mid, it's like central defender, like Mustafi playing like prime Maldini some games, but he will drop a clanger, they'll score. He's never played like prime Maldini. <laughs> he's, he's been he's been pretty good recently. No, he's been no, he's been average. But because he's so terrible, it makes him look like Baresi, but he is not Baresi. <laughs> um, prior to this game, though, Manchester United had only conceded one in the last seven games, which was, which is mad. Who would have believed it? You know, they're, they're keeping clean sheets. and But Calvert-Lewin has now got five and six. English definitely, he's definitely, in, he's, he should be in the England squad. Yeah, no, I don't class that as a goal, though. Well, oh, that's the, you know, he's, <laughs> you get the that's why I say you get the credit of the goal. That is that's not a goal. He's he still worked hard for it, you know. Yeah. And if he doesn't make that run, he doesn't get the goal. So no, fair play to him. Very true. So Bruno got the equaliser. The ball yeah. did sort of tiny bounces before he got to Pickford's little hands. <laughs> My little tiny uh, what's it? Yeah, T Rex arms. Yeah, uh, I still blame T Rex for that. So I'm not yeah, having that. Pick, but Pickford, it was a it was a good hit. Solid hit. It was a good hit. Um, so. Yeah, you have Pickford could say, well, he's hit it. Maybe Pickford hasn't quite picked up the pace of the ball. So he's, he's not expected to, uh, Fernandez to hit it that hard. And he's, it's got on him quicker than he expected. Good defence on Pickford there. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just like, trying to play dev- a bit of devil's advocate, right? Because yeah. oh, I still think, yeah, Pickford should be saving that. But he's probably been surprised a little bit by the pace on the ball. And he's not got down in time. And obviously the goal has gone in. Um, Fair play. Well done. I'll tell you what, chin, chin your job off and just become a defence lawyer uh, and, and, set, and, set, and save Pickford for, for a tyranny of abuse. Um, there was a goal at the end. We both agree on this. and Now, I can see that a lot of the elsewhere have saying that it was VAR saved Man United. I think he was interfering with play. He so interfered with so, play! So, so for those who may have not seen the uh, goal, or the disallowed goal, should we say, it was from a corner, wasn't it? I think it's a rem- it's or it's a free kick, it's a set piece, and it, the ball's broken down the box. And Sigurd Sigurdsson, <laughs> Sig- um what game's that off? That's that's FIFA. That's it. Yeah, um, he's sitting on. The, he's found himself on the floor in the six yard box. Yeah, right, right in not the center of the goal, but towards the center of the goal, and the ball breaks to who is it? He breaks to Charleston. Think so. Yeah, Richarlison. And Richarlison has a shot, sort of cross shot, and the ball deflects off Maguire, and it wrong foots De Gea, but it goes right at Sigurdsson, right, and he kind of moves his feet, legs out the way in time, and the ball goes in the net, right, and everyone's going crazy because they're saying that uh, it shouldn't have been interfering pay. De Gea was not going to save it. I don't think he was going to save it anyway because he was going the wrong direction due to the deflection. However, he has interfered because he's had to move out the way of the ball to get into the goal. Because if he doesn't, the ball hits him and he's offside. So 
Those who are saying that Man United got lucky there with VAR are wrong. VAR, in that instance, got it right. Or whoever was using the VAR got it right. In that oh, I don't even have to use RepEd. So we'll go to the final game very quickly, unfortunately. We'll have to talk about Spurs. Um, Tottenham 2, Wolverhampton, Wanderers 3. Wolves of well, let's, let's go for the goal scorers first. Bergwijn opened the scoring. Um, Doherty uh, got the equaliser. Serge Aurier, beautiful goal, made it 2-1. Uh, Diego Yota, your boy, mm-hmm. uh, made it 2 apiece. And Raul Jimenez our made boy. it 3-2. He's now our boy now. I, was, I wasn't a big I, I fan tell you, what, you know this. But um, um, Wolves have now won 21 points from losing positions, which I think is absolutely incredible. That is directly half their points. Yeah. And they are in sixth spot. They're three points behind Chelsea. They're in the next round of the Europa League. They've got Olympiacos. Um, you know, you can't write it. Um, Tottenham, they um, left Toby and uh, Toby Alderweireld and um, Vertonghen on the bench. They're playing three. Who's they play? They play, was it that Tanganga? Tanganga as a left side of centre half. Davinson Sanchez as right side of centre half. And then played Eric Dyer. Is that Mourinho trying to get too cute? Is that Mourinho thinking about we need to win a trophy, we can't win the league, do we just win the FA Cup? No, because he, he's still, he's still want, he'll still want to get into the Champions League because I can imagine if he doesn't get the Champions League, then his job could be on the line. I don't think it will be on the line. I think they're paying away too much money for him to worry about. But, that. right, can we just talk about Wolves though? Diogo Jota, he's That's been on fire recently. Yeah, what's he that, had six a goals slow, three games? He had a slow start to the season, but I, I think... Um, him and Raul Jimenez if big clubs aren't looking at them in the summer they need to be having well, their heads checked well between them they've had 38 goals they they are uh, in all comps all year Jimenez for me he would start at Chelsea he would start at Man United he would start at Arsenal start everyone um, start he would be their starting striker Diogo Jota also would be starting at those clubs as well because he is a goal scoring winger and uh, he's young still as well yeah. they'll cost a lot of money but worth they're, they're, they're worth their weight in gold. Yeah, worth their definitely. weight in gold. Um, where does that leave Wolves um, and where does that leave Tottenham? Well, they're 6th and 7th. Wolves and Tottenham are 6th and 7th in the league, respectively. Uh, they're, they're, going Wolves in different are directions. they're going in different directions at the moment. Wolves are going that way or Spurs are going that way. Yeah, so yeah. do you reckon we'll, we'll go back to the conversation we were having a couple of weeks ago about Wolves potentially winning the Europa League? Ten, well, they're, a good, they're as good a side as any. Um... The Premier League in the Europa League, well, ignoring Arsenal's bad result the other day, is the strongest league in that in, in that competition, right? The only team that really and Wolves, confuses me, Wolves don't, confuses me or concerns me is Inter. Yeah, so that could be... Inter at the way. Uh, and Ajax. Ajax uh, have gone. Did Ajax get relegated? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah so, okay, <laughs> uh, they, they, so, okay, so there you go. So Ajax clearly, were, well, we're, we're going to go back in the Champions League. Yeah, they're, 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 they're top of the Eredivisie, aren't they? Uh, yes, or or if not, yeah. they're second. Yeah, I think they're, um, they're, they're top on God. Yeah, so Inter Milan could be that. I think Wolves will. I think Wolves over two legs would actually eliminate Man United if it came down to it. Yeah, yeah, they would. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I think they're probably a better team than Man United. A team. Mm. Um, yeah, it's Inter Milan would be the. Inter Milan are the only ones but that I'm worried it about. Could, it could be. It, they might be lucky with Inter Milan because how well are Inter Milan doing in Serie A? They they're doing very well. So there you go. So, <laughs> so they, well. Inter Milan could probably just, you know, maybe sack off the um, Europa League in favour of the uh, Serie A. Yeah, it's got to keep um, an eye on so you, I, 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 If I were Wolves, I would... Um, they've only lost six games all season. They're, they're kind of like Arsenal. They're, 
They've drawn more games than won and lost, but they've won a couple of more than Arsenal have. Yeah. Uh, but they've only lost six games. Yeah. Uh, the same as Arsenal. Exactly. Um, which shows that they're hard to beat, and they've got some quality difference. Which is making. weird because you would have thought that they would be found out by now. We know yeah. that they play three at the back. Yeah. We know what they do with they're their well, wing they're, backs. They're structured, but as, as but, I say, they've got the difference makers up front in Jimenez and Jota who yeah. get the goals for you. And as you see with Leicester... And Doherty chips in with goals. Yeah. Well, Ruben Neves will score a screamer every now and again. Yeah. Um, so, you, as you see, when you've got goal scorers in your team, it can make up for a lot of other areas of your football team. And if yeah. you're organised and you've got those difference makers... You know, Leicester thrived off it the first half of the season, and now they, those goal scorers have now sort of dried up a bit. What I love is um, Nuno was on the bench as the goalkeeper for the UEFA Cup win and the Champions League win for Porto. Really? Under Mourinho in 03 and 04. Interesting. Got one over him. Um, that is the review of all the games this weekend, but there's um, some bits and bobs that happen in Germany. So um, if you want to stop listening now, you're more than welcome to. Um, but if you want to find out what happened in Germany, listen listening. on. Yeah. Listen on. Um, so Dietmar Hopp, he is the billionaire owner yeah. of Hoffenheim. Yeah. And Hoffenheim are you know, a pretty decent club in the Bundesliga in Germany. Um, they were in the third tier of Bundesliga uh, of, in the Bundesliga in 2001 prior to that they were playing like UCL level sort of you know where you cook nose and you know and Blythe Spartans and you know teams from you know the real lower ends that were enter the first round of the FA Cup sort of thing that's mm. where they were and he took over uh, he took over them he used to actually play for them Dietmar Hopp did he really? yeah when um, when they were just like a village team but he has a lot of money and it winds up a lot of people. So this weekend, uh, the so main game in particular may, was Maybe just was give Hoffenheim. a bit of context there about the 50 plus one rule. I've got, you, get I've got this. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hoffenheim were at home this weekend. They lost 6-0 at home to Bayern Munich. And Bayern Munich, they were more than worth their money. Now, in Germany... It's very different to how clubs are run around around the world. So, fifty percent of each club is owned by whoever, and fifty percent of the fans. And but there's always that op- option for a fifty plus one, not fifty one percent. They call it fifty plus one. So it's still half fan owned, but it's bankrolled by someone if necessary or a consortium of some sort. Now there's a couple of clubs in in Germany in the Bundesliga that go against that, which is sort of against the German FA, the DFB, but they sort of allow it to happen, and that is winding up a lot of people. Now, Hoffenheim are one of those, Leipzig's the other one, and we think it's Schalke. We think it we think it's Schalke due to their involvement from Gazprom, but we're, but not, we're not entirely yeah, we're not sure. sure about but I know there's a third club. Yeah. Uh, Martin like, would probably know who that yeah. club is, because he's quite... He, quite, he's, he, he loves Germany. European stuff. He loves Germany, German football. Germany's the best country in the world. We all know this. So it's um, it's I think well, it's it's definitely Hoffenheim and it's definitely it's Leipzig. Uh, Leipzig. Now Hoffenheim, they have gone against traditional standards and values, and Dortmund fans have really wound up about it. And they made a statement and they got punished for it ten days ago, and. That has not gone down very well with fans of the other seven, uh, other sixteen clubs. Clubs. Uh, I say sixteen because I'm omitting 
Dortmund and Hoffenheim from that. Even even Leipzig fans are a little bit wound up about it, which is weird because what legs do they have to stand on? <laughs> Who knows? But that caused a lot of friction across many, many games in the Bundesliga this weekend, in particular the Hoffenheim game because because Dietmar Hopp was was there. And also the Union Berlin game I against say, yeah, uh, Wolfsburg, yeah, Wolfsburg. The day after. Yeah, that was a yeah, Sunday's game. Because I turned it over to have a watch of that. And I was like, mm, what's going on? And I saw that the game had been suspended. And I was thinking, oh no, more racial abuse. And it wasn't. No. It was all to do with the conflict. Now, what's happened with Dortmund? Dortmund have been banned from going to games. At Hoffenheim. At Specifically Hoffenheim. at fans, Hoffenheim. Yeah, the fans have been banned for two years going to Hoffenheim and that has caused uproar across the Bundesliga and there are lots of signs and banners that are going down calling Dietmar Hopp a multitude of different names and referees None of them very complimentary either. Exactly. Um, match officials and club officials have been told to go through the stepped approach a bit like how they deal Three with Three step process they yeah, call that thing, isn't That's it? very true. So that's happened in the Dortmund in the in the in the Bayern game happened in the New Berlin game and it's it's caused it's caused a lot of friction I think because I think what other clubs are not happy about is that they, they they're saying the German FA are not enforcing the rule that um, as you say the 50 plus one rule because there are two two clubs that we definitely know of and a third that we're kind of sure of who are in the Bundesliga who are uh, not uh, abiding to those rules and I think they're angry because they've punished Dortmund yes for making a stand and saying something about it because they initially put the, put the banner out last weekend and instead of the match officials dealing with it on the day, they just punished Dortmund straight away. Yeah. And that's what the, the whole uproar has gone with. So, And uh, if anyone did see the scenes, they would have seen that the teams would have got bought off as part of this three-step process. Yeah, I've got a link for that. I'll there put was, that on, the, on all the social there media. There was an announcement groups. made over the t- Tannoy saying if this doesn't stop, the game will be abandoned, abandoned from here. So it stopped, but uh, the players, both teams came back out, didn't they? And in protest, you would just, I don't know if you've seen videos. I haven't I'll, seen I'll, videos of it yet. I'll get them out. I'll um, get them out. But uh, the players of both teams were just passing the ball to each other across yep, the centre circle yeah. for the final, what was it, 15 10, minutes. 15 minutes of the game? I mean, Hoff and I weren't going to get back in the game because it was 6-0 at that point. But it was like, you know... <laughs> You know when you see in World Cup games where <laughs> you get to the final group, st- final group game, and the two teams are playing each other, and they realise that they've qualified, and they if both if that situation stays the same, they'll just knock it around the back and yeah. they won't do anything. It was very similar to that kind of situation and feel. It was all very farcical. It was all very strange, and it didn't put German football in a very good light. No, um, not at all. And it's it's something that's gonna go on for the next couple of weeks I yeah, imagine yeah. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on, on that Diamond? well I, I really like the idea of the 50 plus 1 rule because it will stop owners from coming in and ruining a club which is what it was done intended for yeah. however the German FA have to be able to stand up and say look we've got to enforce this rule I don't know is it is it an actual official rule that they've got to abide because um, it appears because it appears it's a bit it's like not. a fair play sort of situation so yeah it? so it if they're going to have it and they're going to and they want to enforce it, then they have to enforce it. And they these clubs that are clearly in opposition or flouting the rules, if you want to call it that, they're getting away with it, which mm. is then causing this issue to begin with. So, uh, I think the blame should be lying kind of at the feet of the German FA for not 
for not being strong enough to actually deal with the situation. Mm. Yeah. And then over overreacting to the Dortmund fans and then just the hammer fist saying, no, that's it, you're banned. Without even kind of any appeal process no, or exactly. hearing They've process. Just been, they've just been told, but it's yeah. only the Hoffenheim that they're, that they're getting targeted against. It's... Um, it's quite mad, but um, yeah, we'll put the link up of the uh, of the Dortmund. Oh, I keep saying Dortmund because Dortmund were one, key yeah. of this. The, it's the Hoffenheim Bayern game. Uh, I'll put that up on on the on all social media links as well. So, if you, you know, if you want to follow us on any form of social media, just put at two up top football, the number two up top football, and you'll be able to find us. It's as simple as that. You've been watching or maybe listening to we. You say, well, the fans' TV. <laughs> no. They get a shout as well. Yeah, Hi, they get a shout. Yeah, they're, they're part of the two up top family. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all family. It's all family. Um, so, yeah, it's all part of, uh, of two up top. We record this this show live from Stalker Studio, best studio in the whole, whole of Northamptonshire and all the world, in association with the Mail Coach, best boozer in the whole of Northamptonshire, and Macau Sports Bar and Grill, the best boozer in the whole of New York, sponsored by. DC Music Services. Thank you. Please download the podcast. Please show your love as well. Oh, I'll just share that stuff because yeah. by the time they listen to this bit, they would have stopped. So they would have already heard it. But the, yeah, well, I'll say it anyway. Please share all our um, and continue to support the boy. Should, should, should we start again and we'll do it at the beginning? We could do. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> cheerio. Thanks. Goodbye.